the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Now we're going to look at a single verse today. It's a little bit of a departure. We're going to look at a single verse, but we're actually looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Now I will tell you this verse has been misused and abused by a man-centered perspective. Just about every sermon you'll read, not every, but a lot of them that you'll read, Pick up this verse from a man-centered perspective. They totally misinterpret what Paul is trying to say. In truth, it is a loving exhortation. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. It says, Paul says, Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Well, there's a verse to memorize. You can walk away saying, I've got that one down. It's kind of like Jesus wept. You've got that one. You can write it down. Say, I know that one. Well, there's a lot of controversy concerning this verse. But most theologians will tell you or agree that they believe that this verse belongs at the end of chapter 10 rather than the beginning of chapter 11. Well, you know it's not about the division. Scripture is inspired, but the divisions are not. And how many of you have been ministered to by the chapter divisions. I dare say few. But the reality of it is that I would agree with those theologians in that it does fit the context in what Paul has been writing. It is a good finishing note for chapter 10 because in chapter 10, Paul has been talking to the Corinthians or answering the Corinthians concerning Christian liberty. And As you'll recall, most of it was questions of how do we do this or how do we handle that or is this okay or is that okay? Well, in answering those questions, Paul has repeatedly used his own behavior to properly illustrate balance in living, to properly illustrate the correct perspective concerning each issue. Now, The theologians and many pastors would teach that what Paul is telling the Corinthians here is to imitate his behavior. Now, Paul had lived among them for 18 months, and they had observed him in a variety of circumstances and probably 
could recall vividly his personality and his demeanor and the way he handled things. Well, in light of that, it does kind of make sense that Paul would write, imitate me, doesn't it? But I'm, kind of, I'm reminded of the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm reminded of that place where Elijah and Moses appeared with the transfigured Jesus upon the mountaintop. And Peter was overwhelmed and he said, Lord, let's build three tabernacles to capture this. Three tabernacles. You see, for Peter, it was a perfect, perfect revelation because before him was the law, the prophets, and the Son of God. Well, God the Father spoke and he said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Obey him. In other words, don't, don't equal these men to him. He is my glory. He is my truth. You see, Paul is not calling attention to his flesh. He's not calling attention to his behavior in this verse. He is naming the source of his balanced life. He is naming the source of his obedience. He is not saying, do as I do. He is saying, live as I live. There's a difference. The rabbis were the first to speak of the imitation of God. They taught the idea of developing the image of God in man, the character of God in man. They did this through rote and through teaching the educational system as we know it is largely built on imitation. Learning to do numbers and the alphabet and all those things are, are taught by imitation. It's all monkey see, monkey do. And we look around us and, and you know what? People were born to follow. They are. The question is, what will they follow? And the issue for the man of flesh is... How do I craft my life around the idol of the day? How do I present myself in the image of the day? The highs and lows of his emotions and his perception of life is based on his ability to duplicate or imitate what he believes to be the best of life. So he is constantly at loss. For the man of God, there's no struggle there. For the man of God does not seek to look like an image, or follow principles, per se, or rule book, or playbook. The man of God seeks to yield to what is already in him. So there's a difference in how we define imitation. In effect, Paul has just given the simplest answer to the question, how do I live the Christian life? Because at the heart of every question that a Christian asks concerning his behavior is that preeminent question, how do I live the Christian life? People may come to you and ask you about whether or not to eat meat sacrificed to idols, but they are trying to capture a behavior. The underlining question is, how do I live the Christian life? It's always there. Paul answers it with a real simple phrase. Again, the point he is making is that he does not follow rules. He does not live to a playbook. He imitates Christ. By the way, this verse is written in present tense. It's written in a present tense imperative. So what Paul's describing to you 
is not what you do on an occasion when you don't know what to do. What Paul's describing to you is the very dynamic of his life, how he lives life. Isn't that what most people want to know? Typically, when people reject the truth, they have a lot of questions. Most issues in life are based on the fact that people will not accept the truth that Christ is life. They are frustrated that they cannot bring life out of the temporal. Imitation is not imitation of the flesh. Now that's the truth you can take away when you look at this verse. Imitation is not imitation of the flesh. Paul is not telling you WWPD. What would Paul do? And furthermore, he's not saying, what would Jesus do? The reality is that you are not to imitate in the sense that you are trying to be something you're not or act like something you're not. Paul is not saying, follow my behavior. How many of us could? Is there anybody here that feel like they could keep up with that? Or how about Christ? How many of you feel like you could do that? But yet, most of the sermons I hear concerning this verse are talking about that very thing. We want to imitate his humility. Oh, can you do that? We want to imitate his love. Have you tried that? We want to imitate... And we talk about these things that are, that are character, and we say imitate those things, but we don't talk about the great miraculous things that Jesus did. How many of you pulled money out of a fish's mouth when your budget wasn't meeting? How many of you have, have spit in a blind man's eye and restored him? If you tried that, you probably got a good beating out of it. How many of you have raised the dead? Here's the reality of it. To call people to try to imitate Jesus is heresy. We are not imitating Jesus in the sense that most of us believe imitation calls for. It's different. I'm going to explain that to you. He wants us, Paul is not telling us to live as he lives. He wants us to live from the same source that he lived from. That's what Paul's calling you to do. He's calling you to live from the same source. If I understand that correctly, Living from the same source empowers me to live as Paul lived. Because everything that Christ wanted to affect through Paul, he did. And everything that Christ wanted to affect, or the Father wanted to affect through Christ, he did. Now, if that is true, then I, do, I can put aside all of these attempts to create myself in God's image or in Christ's image. Or in the image of some saintly individual that you hold in high regard. I can put aside this constant effort to craft for myself something that, w that in my mind would be acceptable and respectable and, and spiritual and holy and all of those things. And however that image looks, and I assure you it's changing constantly. I can set that effort aside. Because here's the reality of it. To imitate Christ is to allow that life that empowered Paul. To imitate Paul is to allow that life that empowered Christ. The branches made in the vine's image. Filled with the vine's life. Expressing the fruit of the vine and bearing the fruit of the vine. The branch does not imitate the vine's life. 
It receives it as its own. Therefore, replicating or imitating the vine's life in the bearing of fruit. You see the difference? I'll read that for you one more time. The branches made in the vine's image, filled with the vine's life, expressing the fruit of the vine and bearing the fruit of the vine. The branch does not imitate the vine's life. It receives it as its own. Therefore, replicating or imitating the vine's life in the bearing of fruit. Do you see the difference? Paul put it this way. I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body... I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you see the vine and the branches there? That's what that verse is referencing. The life I now live will imitate or replicate the life of Christ as its expression because Christ is its source. Jesus As he walked among men, imitated the life of the Father. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verses, I'm going to look at verses 19 and 20. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, of his own accord Unless it's something he sees the Father doing. For whatever things the Father does, the Son, in his turn, also does in the same way. For the Father dearly loves the Son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will be filled with wonder. That is imitation. What is interesting to me is that he's telling these men that you're going to get even a greater revelation of the Father as the Father reveals himself to me. Because your revelation is my imitation. The ministry of Christ in you is just that. Imitation is simply yielding to a life that is in you. This is imitation that we just read. Not the imitation of the flesh. Jesus is not asking God for a visual. It's living from the Father as the source of its life. Expressing with confidence the truth within. If you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. Turn to chapter 14. John chapter 14. Starting at verse 7. Jesus is speaking to Philip. And he says... If you had really known me, you would have also have known my father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and then we will be satisfied. By the way, that's never true. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time and you do not know me yet? Philip, have I been with you so long a time that you do not know me yet, Philip? nor recognize clearly who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
The words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative or authority. But the Father abiding continually in me does his work, his attesting miracles and acts of power. I want you to underline the following verse. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Underline that. Otherwise, believe me because of the very works themselves which you have witnessed. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will do the things that I do. Imitate me. And he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach because I am going to the Father. I want you to notice that there are two ways to live. He says, otherwise, believe me, because of the miracles, the outer works, those are believed without faith. They're external. Or believe me through faith, the faith in his life. To imitate is not a complicated system of living to an image or code. It is the simplicity of yielding. You might say to me, I feel that I only do that occasionally or in times of desperation. And I would say to you, what have you allowed yourself to believe is normal for you? Do you still believe that the imitation of the flesh in the world is your reality? Do you? I have seen and know in my own personal life that the indulgence of my flesh only proves to me over and over again that the flesh is not me. The life that I now live was made to express and worship Christ who is my life, to imitate and replicate his life in my life's expression. How does that work? Well, later in the same chapter, John chapter 14, Jesus declares his intent to duplicate this way of life in us. Look down at verse 19. And he says in verse 19, it says, After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live in you, you will also live. And on that day, when that time comes, you will know for yourself that I, underline this, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Imitation. Imitation. It is exactly what Father did through him. He says there are two ways to believe. Philip, if you want to believe the externals, then look at the miraculous things that I have done. Look at the things I've done around me. But if you live to externals, you will never know the fullness of what I have placed in you. And what I have placed in you is my very life so that you can express that life. You can join that life in union life with me. Because... When I walked here, the Father was in me. I, the Father abided with me. Does that sound like John 15, the vine and the branches? The Father abided in me. It's a life within you. And when he walked, the Father abided in him. And, and he did the works of the Father and everything that the Father commanded him to do. He did with the power, the inclination, the very assertion of the Father's desires through himself. He imitated the Father. 
Now, that was Jesus, and we have a hard time saying, well, what would Jesus do? I'll tell you what Jesus would do. He would yield to the Father's life within him. He would not run to the externals because what is vital, what is precious, what is most important, what is truth, what is dynamic in his life, what is vitality, what is truth for him is the life within him, the life that is eternal, the life that is endless, the life that is not empowered by his strength. Though he had great strength, it was empowered by the Father's strength. We are so distracted when life imposes weakness on us. Loss of a job, loss of a mate, loss of health. Call upon the Lord and ask him, Father, strengthen me, restore me. And his word to us would be, imitate me, yield and imitate me. The branch has no life of its own. When it counts the things around it as strength, It is deceived. And the other thing about it is, Jesus was the glory of God. In other words, Jesus was the true expression of all that God is. Do you know you were made to express the glory of God? You think that your purpose here on this earth has to do with this earth? No. Your life upon this earth has one specific purpose. It is the glory of God. You cannot create that glory any more than a branch can create fruit. But you can bear and express it. What Paul is telling these people who would say, should I go here or should I go there? What should I do here or what should I do there? And, and how should I approach this brother? And all of those questions. What Paul is saying is, look, look, you know, it's not that complicated. Imitate the way I live. And those questions will be answered for you. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Don't be caught up in monkey see, monkey do. Give in to the simplicity of yielding. You see, for many of us, the difficulty is this, that I believe that yielding to God must somehow reveal itself in some, some holy or significant work. But I'm going to break this down very simply for you. You are a branch, and the only reason you have any life is because the vine has given it to you. If the vine removed its life, you would no longer be a branch. You would just be a stick. Your very identity is tied in the truth within you. You cannot be who you are apart from Christ. Because you have been recreated to be a literal duplication of what Christ was when he walked the earth. That's how you were created to live. There's no going back to the way you were. You can dress the way you used to dress. You can believe the way you used to believe. You can act the way you used to act. But there is no going back. It doesn't change who you are. It simply puts you at war with who you are. If who you are was changed, you would no longer exist What would happen if Christ removed his life from you right now? What if he removed his intimacy from your life? What if he removed his presence from your life? What if he removed his influence in your life? What if he, at the moment of your frustration and cried out, you're crying out, God, leave me alone. What if he removed himself at that point? What do you think would happen? You would be empowered to go forth and live as you once did. You'll be able to go forward and sin and all of the things 
things you think would gratify or create for yourself, an image that you could live to, do you think that would be possible? No, because if he removed life from you, you would no longer exist, period. One of the grievous things in this land, in this country, in this world is Christians who walk about trying to duplicate and imitate the world. Trying to live to their flesh as though it were life. Trying to know God through externals rather than being able to go forward in the confidence of who they are. We live this life by faith. Faith is not about externals. Paul is making it real simple. In the weeks to come, we're going to look at some codes of behavior and a lot of externals having to do with women and what you should do or what you shouldn't do. And I've seen and I've read a lot of the different commentaries where people, you know, they talk about because we're talking about women's behaviors and how they dress, you know, we need to approach this with fear and trembling, blah, blah, blah. You know what the, you know what the issue is? You want to be a godly woman, imitate him. How is it that imposing externals upon you would somehow make you holy? Fighting for your right to be something other than what maybe you believe the Bible says you should be in externals is a fool's errand. Oh yes, I'm going to preach through it. It's relevant. Paul would not have put it in there. You need to see the struggle between religion and truth. You need to see the struggle between the the temporal and the eternal. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.